Three, two, one. Welcome to the Let It Out Podcast, where you can let out your deepest warranted or unwarranted opinions. Today, I'm co-hosted with Nassan, and he's going to be letting you know about our topics. So, yeah, we got um, plenty of, like, our old topics. So we're going with some COVID-19, some items to bring to COVID-19 Quarantine Island. We're going to discuss global warming and we're also going to bring y'all like some extras in our tangent like usual so now it's time for us to let it out um and like usual or usual for like the past like two months or so we're going to start with COVID-19 and the way it's progressing and moving throughout the United States basically and the world so as far as case totals go they went up to approximately 3 million, um, with like 1.9 million being still active. Um, the approximate number of cases for the U.S. is like 1 million. So one third of the world's cases are from the U.S. And the approximate number of active cases is 811,000. The approximate total for world deaths is 207,000. And the approximate total of U.S. deaths is like 55,000. So... Um, for the number of active cases and total cases, um, the U.S., um, as far as death total goes, has actually gone pretty well. So, um, basically, um, the discussion over the past week was reopening states and, like, lifting quarantines and ending quarantines. Since, um, quarantine started, it's probably been, like, it seems like it's been, like, an entire month. It seems like it's been at least all of April, uh, maybe some of March and so on. So, um, as some states, um... 2020's over. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're saying, but yeah, states are reopening. So as some U.S. states plan to begin to lift restrictions, some are keeping more stringent standards. So protests actually started because of states um, wanting to stay closed, um, like Washington. Um, in Washington, um, 2,500 people rallied in the state capitol to protest bans for gatherings of 50 or more people. Hundreds of people protested in Denver. And smaller protests went on in states like Texas, Wisconsin, Ohio, Minnesota, Michigan, and Virginia. Um, these protests go against Trump's recommendation of 14 straight days of case number decreases before lifting restrictions. But um, he was kind of like um, encouraging in some way. He was like, well, he's glad people are trying to like make some type of like say in the way they're being treated, I guess, or they're like, he's he's like, well, it's good. You're protesting. Like you're trying to stand up for your rights and stuff. But yeah. Um, he also recommended people, um, listen to science and so on to try to keep the disease from spreading. But yeah, the protests were made to get the people back to their lives and jobs soon. Uh, but the risk of case number increases might be making governors wary of ending all restrictions. So, um, like I was saying before, like uh, during episode 15, our most recent episode uh, before this episode, um, Trump basically left it up to the states. Some states um, are going to try to open sometime soon. Some already opened. Some are always open and so on. Um, so um, with the urgency to end the quarantines, um, the White House actually created guidelines with three phases for opening up America again, just as recommendations for states. So um, it starts with plenty of criteria. And prior to implementing phase one, um, and most of it, uh, basically is just to be precautionary before entering uh, regular routine. States are recommended um, to start receiving regressive case and death totals um, to go with plans for testing and contact tracing if an outbreak returns. So basically, um, the White House recommends regressive case totals. So basically, less regressive case total so regressive as in like on uh, one day the case totals might be 50 on the second day it might be 45 and it would continue to regress basically to um, figure the cases are getting less so the spread is also um, lessening so vulnerable individuals detailed um, and the recommendations are the elderly and individuals with underlying health conditions so some of the guidelines for phase one are all vulnerable individuals are to shelter in place. Uh, social distancing is to continue. Groups of 10 or more people are to be avoided. 
uh, only uh, essential travel is allowed um, for phase one. Um, employers are to encourage telework, like um, internet meetings and so on. Accommodations are set to be made for vulnerable individuals. So um, um, if vulnerable individuals are going to be part of some like gathering, um, accommodations are supposed to be made to um, keep them safe. Organized youth activities are to stay postponed. Visits to senior living facilities are to be off limits. And some elective surgeries are okay to start back to go with some large public venues um, to start making rules for physical distancing. So like some large public venues like restaurants and so on uh, might be okay to open. Um, just physical distancing is supposed to go on. So um, for phase one, like I was saying, it's basically like the um, soft rules for getting back. Um, some guidelines for phase two. Phase two um, would supposedly follow or go after phase one. So it's similar to phase one with reopenings of travel. Um, so it's just like travel reopens and groups being capped at 50 instead of 10. Um, organized youth activities are to start back up and public places are allowed to loosen restrictions even more. So like um, if places were only allowing 25% capacity, it might go up to 50% capacity for phase two. Some guidelines for phase three are basically just to gradually end all quarantines um, with the vulnerable individuals uh, being more cautious. So the idea of reopening too soon is still worrisome to plenty. Um, the story of Hokkaido, Japan is an example of restrictions being lifted too soon. Hokkaido's population is roughly 5.3 million, and after its first 66 cases on February 28th, their governor declared a state of emergency. They started their lockdown, and it was admonished and obliged by many local agencies. By March 18th, many businesses were starting to deal with financial struggles, so the restrictions were eased up on. Right after the restrictions were ended, People immediately celebrated the return to their social lives. And three weeks after the restrictions were ended, the case total for a day uh, made it to uh, their new record of 18. So Stupid. after three weeks, yeah, the case totals went back up and they, they received their record of 18. So their case totals were like always low, but like they started to go up again. And by April 14th, the governor reinstated the state of emergency after 80% more case totals then recorded before their first lockdown occurred. So like after they reopened, they got 80% more case totals than before. So as of April 22nd, um, they were up to 495 cases. So like I was saying, they were controlling it really well, but they went from 66 when they ended it the first time and they uh, decided to ease up on it. And they went back, I guess, too early and the case numbers rose up to 400 and 95 over the course of three weeks or so. So yeah, um, some might suggest it's better to be like Hong Kong after they extended their restrictions for two weeks after they finally reached zero cases for one day. How do you feel about um, places easing up on restrictions? Do you, do you feel like it's uh, better for them to be way more cautious like Hong Kong and making an extra two weeks after they even reach zero case totals or... absolutely yeah, yeah so just don't just play safe man <laughs> you don't want this thing to i don't know come back yeah 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 right? i don't know i feel like it's a no-brainer but you know after you talked about the whole michigan and uh, the only the only state that i've seen online with like a real video evidence of people protesting is the state of michigan people wanting to go get haircuts and and haircuts are essential some of their poster boards have said in the protest it sound ridiculous haircuts are not essential number one and number two it's just you are willing to risk the lives of you know your whole community right to go and get it and get a haircut that's just yeah. ridiculous to me yeah but so much of it is like um trump basically left it up to the states and he's kind of leaving it up to the people. Like, if the people want to risk it themselves, like, um, he's just saying, oh, well, go for it. Like, it's bad for them, too, in some ways, because they might endanger more people. But 
and agreed upon groups if they want to risk um, their basically health I guess yeah um, they are adults and like yeah I mean I agree with um, at least taking it slow like the US basically only in New York and it's so difficult probably to quarantine New York um, it's tough to say like um, the US is like totally at fault because like San Francisco um, tried to close down and it went well and, and New York tried to close down like at some point but like just people were packed so much more densely in New York and New Jersey and stuff even quarantines um, would probably lead to some type of outbreak um, but yeah um, yeah I'm on the end of taking it slow but in some ways um, they are adults and um, if they want to go and congregate and stuff as long as they aren't bringing it to uh, people trying to stay out of it um, I'm like to each their own I guess I mean, by default, if you're going to congregate, you're going to be bringing it to people that don't want to deal with it, right? There's, Maybe, there, yeah. I mean, there's people that are going out to grocery stores, right, and, and they're trying to do yeah. the right thing, and they're trying to social distance, and they're going to the grocery store once a week or once every other week, and then you got this other group that you might just run into that is now sick because of their, I don't know. I mean, call it what you want. I just call it stupidity. Um, I call it by its, by its first name. It's just... Okay. Stay at home and just and just wait for everything to, I don't know. Yeah, it's, the the case totals for the U.S. reaching zero seems very far away. Like you were saying, it might be um, the end of 2020 before the total case numbers reach zero. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, figuring out some way for cases to regress for two weeks um, seems like it um, is at least a really good idea. Like, I mean, the case numbers. Um, started going up during february i mean rapidly during february and uh -huh. it's it's been going on since so yeah yeah so yeah um all right so um some believe it will be safer to end quarantines like you sam after um serological tests uh to try to find antibodies within someone's blood uh, become readily accessible so like some people feel like um we're supposed to wait for more testing so antibody tests test whether a body developed the antibodies to prevent them from getting the virus um, due to them recovering from it before so if we were to get antibody tests and people were to get the antibody test and if they already developed the antibodies they are allowed to presume to regular life um, some people feel like um, it's okay for them to and I'm kind of in agreement so basically the more likely they are um, to be immune, the safer it'll be for their personal quarantine to end. Uh -huh. So how do you feel about waiting for um, serological tests and maybe um, testing the public before allowing them to uh, basically stop quarantining themselves? I think it's dumb, man. I mean, listen, if the, if the, <laughs> if the meter is going to be, oh, you have antibodies because you've had the virus before, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a person that really wants to go outside. It might even, I might just want to get the virus right now. <laughs> just so I have oh, yeah. I, 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 I want to go out. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, how else would you develop the animal? I, 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 listen, get me sick because I feel like I need to be out there doing work or, or getting whatever my thing was before the yeah. virus. Right? Get me sick. Mm -hmm. I, feel, I feel like I'm a healthy human being. Can I get the virus, please? <laughs> so, so I think yeah. it's I think it's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> that that would okay. even be uh, a a, um, a measurement <laughs> to whether yeah. you, you can be out to be outside. Like, oh, you got the antibodies? Have you been sick before? It's like you don't know how much. Is it. Listen, people are gonna get sick on purpose. I can guarantee it. Like people are already crazy. People are crazy enough in general, right? You give them this requirement, right? I'll get uh, people will get sick. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's kind of like the vaccine idea. Like the idea to create the vaccine sometimes comes from people already recovering from it or already um, basically dealing with it. So, um, yeah, like you're saying, it might cause people to uh, get some like crazy stuff, like um, going out and trying to do some crazy stuff. Uh, but, yeah, um, I feel like if people already develop the antibodies, um, prior to just like trying to go out and get the disease or something like that, um, it's safer for them to end quarantines. But yeah, 
Yeah. I'll say that again. So, yeah. Say that again. You said what? Okay, I was saying. I was saying. Um, yeah, outside of like the idea of people purposely getting sick uh-huh. um, to develop antibodies, I feel like it's um, okay to let people um, to already develop antibodies. Like if people were to develop them accidentally, like if somebody was sick before and they recovered and so on, I feel like it's better for their quarantine to end because it's safer. But um, yeah, like you're saying, the risk of people trying dangerous activities yeah, uh, hey, hey, hey man you, oh you have coronavirus yeah. hey bro can you please cough in my face <laughs> so i can get it no there's gonna be a lot of that going around yeah yeah so yeah um before we were talking about the stimulus bill um earlier it's probably been like two or three weeks and since uh during this past week a new bill was passed um to help out U.S. businesses due to the pandemic. So it was passed on Tuesday, April 21st by the Senate and is set out to distribute $484 billion to small businesses, hospitals, and it's also supposed to fund some more testing efforts. So for small businesses, it's split into two major parts, the Paycheck Protection Program and the Economic Injury Disaster Program. So for the Paycheck Protection Program, $310 $310 billion is um, for paying employees on payroll. So it's basically supposed to get people through um, some more time quarantining um, as they still get paid. So it's supposed to give businesses the money to pay the people on payroll. Um, $70 billion is allocated for healthcare providers and hospitals. And $25 billion is set towards improving testing. Um, how do you feel about an extra bill? Uh, going out to basically keep people paid, to keep people getting paid and so on. Oh, so socialism? I mean, is, is that what you're asking me about? <laughs> well, it's, is that what it's, to me? People from, it's to keep people from going completely broke. So socialism. Like if they're out of work. So socialism. Yeah, but what else would people do? I mean, go broke. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> crime, the crime rate's going up. Yeah, that's fine. If you want to be, you want to be, you want to be, listen, man, listen, if you want to be, I feel, I feel, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like America's built on this whole, you know, we're capitalist, right? Or whatever the case may be, we're capitalist economy. And, uh, this is, this is, this is what makes us great, you know? (laughs) So giving out handouts is nothing that America does (laughs) or or should do, but they've done it, right? So, so what are we socialists? Is, is that is that what's going on? You know, do, do we do we want a universal basic income? Is that is that the case? You know what universal? Do you know what universal basic income means to me? That people are going to be lazy. No, people that weren't smart enough to get good jobs get paid still. <laughs> so good. people are so people are given incentive. For not achieving exactly, exactly. It, it, yeah, but it, this it, situation it, is totally different. It's not totally different. But but this situation, no, this no, this is emergency situation. Okay, emergency, 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 emergency. So many of the jobs people were doing were important, but due to the situation, I don't believe that they're out of work. I don't believe it. Who's out of work? Who's out of work right now? Plenty of people. Are you out of work? No, but no. Okay, employment. okay, okay. Yeah, wait, are you are, are you work? No, no. I, wait, 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 listen, are you are you are you are you out of work? No. Okay, you made a you have you made a great career choice to not be out of work, right? Am I out of work? But my career choice wasn't um, with was the it, idea of this going on. It doesn't matter. That's that's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You were educated enough to make a very prosperous career choice to where if something like this did happen, you were not going to be out of work. I mean, did you, 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 you didn't pad your stats. You didn't think about that. You didn't think about that at all? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't thinking about that. You didn't think about so, so, so you, so you're telling me, you as an individual, you did not think about job security when you were applying for jobs. Well, when I got my job, like you were just happy to get a job. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Then, then you might be far from between. But I'm I'm saying this, man. This is this is what I'm saying in general. Okay. If you're gonna make a major decision in your life, uh, having a job is a major decision, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So why not look into your job security when you get in a job? 
right? Mm -hmm. and, and look into job security means do research of how viable is this job going to be in five to ten years, right? Mm -hmm. How viable is this job going to be in the the brink of a, a, a of an epidemic or, or a pandemic, whatever they're calling this, right? Yeah, is a general research, right? So what I, what I'm saying is. Um, I would like to keep America capitalists for the people that did not make the informed decision of whatever profession that they're seeking out that no longer is existing. I don't care. I don't care for them. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I have no sympathy towards them at all because that's what I thought about when I was trying to, you know, when I was finding my job. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Right. Um. So I, I just feel I feel I feel like I feel like I feel like it's sheer I feel like it's sheer laziness. Your, your job's gone, right? Oh, I'm sorry that you picked the wrong job <laughs> to sustain your family and yourself for months but for and every years. Type of job, there's some type of situation that would lead to some type of shutdown for the job. For every type of job in America, there's something like that. Okay, sure, right? Not not mine though. Unfortunately, I mean, or fortunately. For, okay, give some examples of ways. Or some jobs with like out any type of like idea or any type of way for it to at least slow down to some point uh, where people would be laid off or let go. Any job in information technology. Any, yeah, but what any, if people? What if computers crashed? What if they? What, what do you mean? What if they crashed? I mean, there's the whole Y2K thing. Y2K. Years ago, people, I, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Y2K. Oh, you're talking about a. You're, 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 you're talking about. You're talking about. You're talking about a. You're, you're talking about a fan. This is. This is. You're talking about a fantasy. You're talking about a fantasy. This is okay, not happening so today. Six months ago, somebody would have said something like, "This is a complete fantasy." Mm -mm, mm -mm. This isn't. This hasn't ever happened in. Like no, the United States. A pandemic it has happened. Spanish flu with, has happened. With, Ebola yeah, this has type, happened. Uh, yeah, with, with this, with this type, type of death rate, this it has of, happened. Happened multiple times. Shutdown, but with this type of shutdown, listen, it hasn't happened. Listen, disease is something that's going to be. It's going to be here. It's going to be here to stay. If you if you are so naive to think that there would not be some virus that would take out the world, like you sound ridiculous. You sound it's something that's uncontrolled. What you're talking about are things that are controlled, right? You're talking about Y2K, the internet going down. That that that's that's something that we can control. Like it's something that has we have a grasp on, right? Okay, so with this, do you do you do you, virus, do you if the SARS virus were studied more uh -huh. twenty years ago? Uh -huh then this wouldn't be a problem. So there are always ways to stop something from going on. That's not what I'm saying, man. What I'm saying is, listen, listen, this is what I'm saying. You cannot predict, number one, you cannot predict a recession. Number two, you, you cannot predict a pandemic. So it's, it's, a, a it's, recession it's, it's, is some way for all people to lose their jobs. Exactly. Even information uh, uh, technology. Uh, if all the computer No, it's not. It's not. A, a recession. A rece done, if one day all the computer work is completely done, then information technology would be over. A recession is not a way for people to uh, of people to lose their jobs. It's it's a it, way. It it's, totally is. No, no, no. You're talking about a depression. You're talking about a depression. A depression is when you nobody. Said a recession. I was saying recession. In uh, recessions, people lose jobs also. Exactly. Sure, the, not the, everyone, but listen, large numbers of people. Listen, let me tell you something. Recession, the losers lost their jobs because <laughs> they chose the wrong job. Okay. <laughs> That's uh. it. <laughs> that, that, that's all it. That's all it is. But it's you wanted to be. You wanted to be. Security. What's one job with complete yeah. security? Where, where there are zero situations for it ever ending. Mm, let me see. A surgeon. No. What if people stop getting injured? It's never gonna happen. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's plausible. No, it's not. It's not plausible at all. You sound ridiculous. No. You sound like you're in a no. sci-fi movie. Ow! This is like that. With this? No, it's not. Yeah. not it's not it like is. that at all. <laughs> this is not a sci-fi movie. This is a this is a reoccurring American what event. If, what if, a what if at some point people are Listen. so medically advanced they perform their own surgeries? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, well, listen. I'm talking about. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to stay. Uh, I'm trying to keep this in the realm of reality, <laughs> right? And in our reality, right? So right now, surgeons, right? Doctors, nurses, <laughs> whatever the case, their jobs are secure, and they're always going to be secure for the inevitable future. For me and you being alive, right? 
You're always going to need a nurse and you're always going to need a surgeon. You're always going to need some kind of doctor, right? And let me tell you another job, right? Inevitably, computer technology, information technology is always going to be relevant. There's always going to be programmers. There's always going to be computing, okay? And the last one, right? The last one of the, uh, I guess it's going to be three, is anything to do with state local and federal laws a lawyer an attorney those jobs are always going to be secure anything that's outside of those realms right outside of a, a government job well, outside of a government job outside of information technology and outside of healthcare, in our lifetime is going to be obsolete and they shouldn't be industries where you think that you're going to provide for your whole family on okay but then what are people supposed to do I mean, the jobs still make sense. People still make money from the jobs. It's still a service. Uh, there aren't enough jobs for people to all work as computer. I'm not uh, saying everybody works. I'm not. I'm not saying everybody works as a computer. For engineer. Everyone to be a what doctor. I, there just there isn't the space, and some stuff is still really important. Like I mean, like what food services? Food services. How okay. else are people supposed to get food? Food distributors, truck drivers. All right, so are you telling me that government food banks don't exist? Is that what you're saying? I wasn't saying government food banks don't you're exist. You're, you're, saying, talking about, you're talking I'm about, saying, you're talking about government, saying, government running, government run like homeless shelters don't exist. You think we're going to run out? If you think we're going to run out of food, it's very naive in, in, in terms of uh, of, of I, what. I <laughs> Jobs with food, like you think, you think, you think, like truck drivers are yeah, 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 essential to moving product, or farmers, or farmers. Farmers are government back. That's a government job. If you're a farmer, you're go you're a government worker. You're giving. You're, yeah, but listen, food, food is food is not similar jobs outside of the government. Uh, people are. I'm people saying are truck drivers for companies with plenty of business. I, I understand what you're saying. I get it. Three industries that I just laid out are the only three industries that you should be concerned. If you want security, if you want job security, look into those industries. Now, if you do not want job security, I don't know, own own something else. Do, 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 I don't know. I have no, I have no idea. But anyways, the people that are crying out in the streets protesting are the losers of this pandemic. They lost. You can't tell me that they didn't lose. They can't get any money. They're not getting paid. Yeah, but it's bad for the economy for so many people to be out of work. Who's, I mean, and whose fault is that? Is that a fault of the economy or the fault of the, the, the decision that these but, people made? But it's like so many jobs keep the economy going in some ways. Like even jobs like um, so, non-essential jobs and stuff are jobs to... Your measure of the economy is GDP, how much we produce, right? So you're telling me people that... You cannot produce a haircut that's not adding to GDP at all. Do you understand? We're not making. Yeah, any, we're not. We're not. Just, more than just barbers and stuff are out of work. Who else is out of work? Plenty of people are out of work. That's why so many not barbers don't make up the same number of people to file for unemployment. There are more jobs. Plenty of businesses. Name something, man. I mean, this is this is your. Uh... Okay, so. I mean, uh, what are the businesses we talking here, man? I'm, we I'm, already talked about lodging places, like um, people travel for business. People in in. I travel. Technology I travel. Field. I travel for business all the time, but I don't need to travel. And, I have remote yeah. work. Do you know why? Because we have the it, internet. Because the internet but is, it is, is. But it is it is part of the economy. It's part of um, the way people. Like basically, just take care of business and so on. So, what do you mean take I mean, care of business? Do you, any, any. It is. Do you, do you know? Do you know? Travel to different places. Do you know? Do you know what this? To... You know what this pandemic has taught me is like the essential jobs or or the people that are not even working or government jobs and, and things like that or or the industries that I that I listed have the capacity for to have people work from home, right? right. Okay. Some businesses like maybe like construction or plumbing. If they are supposed to stay out of places, jobs for repairs and stuff are still, like, out there. Like, it's essential for some stuff outside of the realm of just, like, immediate essential business. Oh, yeah. So, um, on our episode last week, we discussed Trump closing the border. And on Tuesday, April 21st, Trump said he was placing a 60-day ban on people applying for 
permanent residency. Um, he claimed it was necessary to protect American jobs as the economy continues to struggle. So basically, the ban was just for people trying to gain permanent residency. So like um, people trying to um, completely become citizens and so on. So um, last week, we also mentioned people dealing with uh, brain encephalopathy, um, presumably due to COVID-19. And recently, some people were found uh, dealing with strokes. Uh, presumably due to disease as well. So uh, people trying to self-medicate, um, people tried to self-medicate with disinfectants and so, um, and it was like case numbers for people um, basically calling um, for help or calling for medical attention because of poisoning from disinfectants started, like people were trying to use disinfectants to make themselves immune. So basically I suggest um, if it's poisonous to ingest, it's poisonous to inject um, or breathe in or try to use as medicine. So just use like um, recommended stuff. And to add on to the problems, the world might be uh, at the forefront of a food crisis because of the stoppages and so on. So, yeah, um, COVID-19 um, update. Um, like our second topic is items to bring to COVID-19 quarantine island for me. Uh -huh. um, I guess I'll go first. Um, so um, basically, just to like set the parameters, um, basically many people started uh, to leave quarantine areas, like people with extra money and so on, to keep themselves out of danger. So um, we came up with 10 things to bring to a quarantine island, excluding people, um, internet devices and essentials since all would presumably be part of our quarantine experience so um, i guess i'll go first like i was saying my 10 items are um, bible dictionary football or soccer ball binoculars portable radio backpack hiking boots catalog of indigenous wildlife utility knife and bug repellent so yeah all of it's kind of like stuff to explore with i mean if I were on an island and my essentials were taken care of, I would probably want to explore the island and like see some sights, I guess. All right, Sam. Hold on. So, for years. So, so the essentials are taken care of? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So basically just like things that make the experience more enjoyable. So excluding people. Uh -huh. So people aren't supposed to be on the list. Essentials aren't supposed to be on the list. Internet devices aren't supposed to be on the list. Alright. Internet devices. Alright, MP3 player, number one. Batteries. Number two. And essentials, so I, I can just, I, I'm just living, right? Yeah. These are internet capable devices, right? Are off limits because it's. An island would be outside of the, like, realm of the internet. A Game Boy. <laughs> it's not internet capable, right? Right. Okay. I would need that. Um. I mean, didn't you, didn't you use a complete Pokemon in the day? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll definitely need a Game Boy. Just for that day, if, if nothing else was happening, I'd at least be able to do that. Um, and all the essentials. I mean, that's I don't know. I think that that would be all I need. I would need music, uh, some sort of video game that's not connected to the internet. And uh, you say you bring in. Are we on the same island? Um, sure. But like, I was just like saying for you, what would you bring? You said like, bug repellent. I mean, yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds like something I would need. Yeah. But I think I'd be able to survive. I mean. If the essentials are taken care of, I feel like that's an essential, so. Okay, so, um, instead of bug repellent, I just go with, like, some type of book to read. Yeah, nah, I got the video games. That'd be good. Okay. Yeah, it's only so three. Just three? So, yeah, just three. Uh, I think I need ten. Okay, well, the reason I picked portable radio was to communicate with people, because I don't know about whether phones would be on the island outside of, like, um the place where we would be staying or so um but yeah okay how about hiking i, I put like hiking boots and backpack and stuff 
Would you want to explore the island? Nope. I'd want to find a good place. Just chill. Y'all can go explore. <laughs> I'm not okay. very... Okay. I don't, All right. I don't really... I mean, I could do push-ups, sit-ups, and maybe it's going to be trees there, so I can do some pull-ups on the trees. You guys can go do the exploring. I'm not a big fan of... You know, people just like going places and taking pictures. Yeah. I like looking at the pictures they take. I'm not a big fan of going there and and, it's, and like going through the hassle of hiking yeah. to take pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 So, um, all right. So, our items for COVID quarantine island. Um, I'm ready to move on to topic number three. How about yourself, Sam? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So, topic number three is on global warming, basically climate change and the climate crisis. So, 97% of scientists believe humans are causing global warming. So, basically, all scientists believe in global warming. Um, some people are against the idea, but um, looks like most scientists are into it. So, the greenhouse effect um, was discovered by Joseph Fourier in 1824, and then it was later reevaluated and measured by John Tyndall and Cervantes Arrhenius during the 1800s. It was first termed by Niels Gustav Ekholm in 1901, and basically the greenhouse effect um, is the effect of gases being trapped within the Earth's atmosphere. The gases raise Earth's temperature and cause radical change to the ecosystem. Um, from 2000 to 2017, 16 of the Earth's hottest 17 years were recorded. Um, so basically, 16 of the hottest 17 years ever, or 16 years during that 17-year span um, were the hottest ever recorded. So CO2 production has increased 40% since the Industrial Revolution. Uh, methane's risen by 150% and nitrous oxide by 20%. The decades of uh, the 1980s, 90s, and the first 10 years of the 2000s were the warmest decades recorded. Since recording started in the 1850s um, and um, the three decades I mentioned were probably the warmest over the past 800 years. Um, the 2010s we're at the first decade of carbon emission reduction since the 18th century, like during like um, the Industrial Revolution. So as soon as the Industrial Revolution went on, um, the greenhouse gases like continued to rise during the 2010s. It was like the first slight emission reduction. So some uh, more causes of global warming include the ways land is used differently like farms and cities emissions of um, types of pollutants like aerosols and chlorofluorocarbons um, so yeah um, just plenty of stuff causes global warming plenty of like aerosols um, going into the air and so on like um, some people maybe already heard of um, the ozone layer and stuff the same types of stuff sometimes causes the same type of problem sometimes the stuff causing like the ozone problems causes the global warming problem so um, the earth's surface air temperature is 1.8 degrees fahrenheit higher than it was during 1900 um, indicators of global warming is studied through stuff like uh, tree rings and arctic ice core samples um, so basically um, scientists look at the amount of carbonation inside of ice from like uh, decades or centuries back and if uh, more is trapped um, it's because more co2 was part of the atmosphere and so on so carbon levels of recent years are the highest they've been in over one million years um, so yeah basically the industrial revolution completely added all of the carbon we deal with today so um as much as there's ever been basically or probably in the world so um arctic sea ice is recorded as 40 percent less than it was during the late 1970s and the oceanic level is up eight inches since 1901 and the ocean rose about 70 millimeters like three inches over the course of 25 years or so so from um, 1990 to 2015 um Basically, yeah, um, it rose like 
three inches over 25 years. And um, it's on pace to rise an extra three feet, um, or like one meter, before 2100. So um, it might seem like very little, um, just like three feet higher, like the ocean so deep. Um, is three feet really much of a difference? Um, but with the surface area of oceanic water being like 362 million kilometers square and one gallon equaling like um, four one millionths of one cubic meter, um, it's mathematically figured out as like 6.7 quadrillion gallons of water's worth basically added to the top of the ocean. So like 6.7 quadrillion gallons more of water in the ocean adding to yeah the rise of oceanic water so um basically if you want to hear how i got the math i basically just converted 362 million kilometers to 362 billion meters to 362 trillion millimeters and i just multiplied it by 70 millimeters um uh to make a cubic millimeter amount and then bringing it to cubic meters and dividing it by 1,000 and then converting cubic meters to gallons. So um, I'm guessing I got it right. Um, Y'all are welcome to look at my math and um, try to figure out if I was right. So at the pace of the ice melting, um, the rate it's going, the ocean will get um, 4.9 degrees Fahrenheit warmer and like I was saying, one meter higher before the end of the century, which makes um, the melting of the glaciers like go so much faster. So since water is melting, um, it kind of accelerates. So as the water gets warmer and more ice melts, it accelerates even faster and more and more ice melts. So as warmer water continues to warm, a quarter water, more ice melts. So some people might expect an increase in trees to help stop climate change. Um, because trees catch about one quarter of the globe's CO2 emissions. Um, more carbon is left in trees um, than the fossil fuels left in the ground. So the amount of carbon contained by trees is actually more than the fossil fuels in the ground. Um, trees are basically made of carbon, like um, trees accumulate carbon um, to basically densely pack their mass and so on. Um, photosynthesis of plants and trees is basically the world's natural CO2 consumer and it captures like 50% of the CO2 caused by people. So the carbon emitted due to deforestation would rank third amongst the world's countries. Uh, so yeah, um, almost one third of the world's carbon emissions um, from 1850, like the Industrial Revolution or so, are due to deforestation. Um, so yeah, I was uh, talking about photosynthesis earlier and um, its way of capturing um, CO2 and so on. So the process uh, used during photosynthesis um, uses an enzyme called ribulose-1,5-biphosphate carboxylase oxygenase. So, and it's abbreviated as Rubisco. So, um, due to the potential for an improved form of Rubisco, the enzyme to capture the carbon, um, catching more CO2, scientists are even trying to infuse it into bacteria to try to get the bacteria to get more of it. So uh, just like uh, bacteria um, it's being made to eat plastic, um, maybe even the plastic of the Pacific garbage patch uh, we were uh, talking over on some episodes back, scientists are trying to get bacteria to um, basically just catch CO2. So during 2018, the top six CO2 emitters contributed to 67% of global emissions. So China contributed 28% of the global CO2 emissions. The U.S. emitted 15%, the European Union 9%, India 7%, Russia 5%, and Japan 3%. Um, and the U.S. population emits the most CO2 per person. So um, China contributes the most, but per person, the U.S. Um, contributes the most. At the current rate of warming in the next few decades or so, some countries in China are expected to be too hot for them to even be habitable to go outside. So with the decrease in 
um, societal traffic. So COVID-19 is actually leading to some good stuff. So with um, the decrease in societal traffic, um, organizers of the Global Carbon Project expect uh, CO2 emissions to be down 5% this year just because of COVID-19 and less people using um, CO2s and stuff. So Earth's climate crisis is an ongoing problem. And it was discussed um, basically prominently, and it was warned of um, like decades back. Like it's been since like the 1970s, since people started seriously discussing it. Um, reducing carbon emissions and global warming ought to be at the forefront of social progression. So politicians um, with the plans to set forth new green laws to go with new green deals are what it'll take to enact plans for fixing the climate problem. Tons of jobs focused on improving our carbon footprint would keep America alone, so just America, busy for an entire generation's worth of alterations. So global warming is obviously an entire Earth problem and will presumably involve global unification and focus on the problem to solve it completely. We are probably aware of many ways to personally impact the situation positively. It's just about prioritizing, stopping the problem. So, how do you feel about the climate crisis or global warming? It's real, and we need to do something about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, some some countries in China or some like provinces in China or so on uh, might be too hot for people to live in. In the yeah, few decades. Exactly, man. China's always been the number one. Uh, I don't know on the top ten list of people attributing to the global warming crisis, man. Their yeah. countries. So, so um, that's just a yeah. fact. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I was saying, um, like if the U.S. were to focus on it, um, I mean, people say um, there are ways for us to completely be like co2 um like i guess to not be dependent to not be yeah, dependent exactly, on CO2, to be yeah. co2 independent or to be done with co2 uh very quickly so like if it is prioritized like i was saying it seems like it would be over pretty fast so yeah um i mean i feel like i ought to look into ways to reduce my carbon footprint because i'm sure um, I'm not as good as it as like I probably ought to be, but um, it's basically like a communal effort. Like just one person is only so much. It'll take uh, industries, companies, and so many people to reduce the impact. Or um, yeah, we'll keep dealing with um, variations in climate and odd seasons and summer starting during March and so on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. All right, so I guess we're all done. Would you like to um, give any more points on global warming before we go on to our extra topic? No, I, I really, I mean, global warming, it's, it's a thing. It doesn't matter whether it's global warming or whatever the case may be, whatever scientific fact is. Um, I just, society has this idea of, me as a person, I believe scientists, <laughs> right? I've I've done my own small science experiments, right? I I feel like science works. So for people to discredit scientists, people, I mean, when you, when you say that global warming doesn't exist or global warming is this thing, you're discrediting almost tens of thousands of people's life's work and their jobs <laughs> and things and things like that, right? Obvious, right? You you you're saying that millions of dollars are getting pumped into research and all these things you're saying that all these things are 100 percent they're a lie right the global warming doesn't exist so global warming to me of course is very important and given the facts that you've just you know presented before um you know those facts didn't just come out of thin air so yeah it, it, it yeah yeah out of people words really that, research it um, i mean we recognize the differences i mean people say uh, we used to get four seasons and we basically just deal with kind of too like a very warm spring and summer and kind of just like autumn exactly um so yeah, yeah so my thing is yeah so I, i'm a big proponent of fixing the global warming issue but people that are i guess non-believers it's like 
you're just you're discrediting you know tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of jobs right they just go into research facilities people are going in every day people you, you, you're discrediting the fact that telescopes work that thermometers work <laughs> you know like it's just weird <laughs> people wouldn't believe in but anyways yes so that, that's my last uh, yeah so let's go into the extra topic all right so for our extra topic um, it's on scientists exploring food crunchiness as a tool to fight obesity so um, due to the World Health Organization's statistics of obesity basically tripling since 1975, um, 1.9 billion or more adults currently are overweight and 650 million adults are considered as obese. And I was saying due to the statistics, basically I was just reading the statistics. So the World Health Organization basically accounted for 1.9 billion overweight adults and 650 million obese adults. So a myriad of health issues go along with the obesity problem, including heart disease, type two diabetes, and stroke. So um, to figure out ways to get people to stop giving into the cravings of food, some New Zealand researchers tried testing out types of foods to figure out which ones obtain the most addictive quality. So the study, recorded um, 74 adults, um, 31 females, and 43 males. The researchers created their own types of potato chips for the study as well. They made one the regular way, like one um, group of potato chips. They made one bag or just like one group the regular way with the usual frying process. And the second type involved pulsed electric fields to fry them to a crunchier state so made regular potato chips and crunchier potato chips so the study was based on studies of Wageningen universities um, the international journal of obesity studies and some nestle studies uh, which determine taste and texture as important factors of perceived fullness and continual eating so during the new zealand study participants were tested on whether crunchiness altered the amount they ate so each person um, attended two morning sessions um, each being a week apart uh, and for breakfast each of them was given a week of porridge or a bowl of porridge each of them was given a bowl of porridge um, during um, each session so each week yeah each of them was given bowl of porridge then after 45 minutes they were sent to watch a 30-minute documentary um, they were given the chips and the regular um, type of chips were given to them during the first session and the crispier chips were given to them during the second session and they were allowed to ask for refills at any time after the documentary uh, the numbers for chips eaten was recorded and the participants were asked to rate their fullness. After the study, the crunchier chips were considered to be more satiating and enjoyable because people rated them as so. Uh, men liked crunchier chips more than the women. So, basically, the same conditions led people to eat more of the crunchier chips, making it seem like um, the crunchiness was an addicting factor for the consumption of the oh so popular potato chip and as far as manufacturers go i would expect them to try to sell the most product so they would make the chips crunchier um and so it would be in their best interest to sell more chips so it brings up the question of the morality of making unhealthy products so easy to like and um, making them become somewhat addictive so like is it moral to make people or provide people or give people something they will become addicted to if it's detrimental to them is it moral for um, such circumstances to go on so um, food is constantly being experimented with and healthy options are rapidly becoming more popular so making healthier options exhibit the best qualities of the more detrimental options so like if some type of healthy option were made and it was some type of crunchy um, thing um, it might help end or mitigate the number of obese adult individuals um, so yeah basically um, the crunchiness of the chips um, made them more likable like many people might expect 
Um, and yeah, so I guess like I was saying, the question is, is it right to make um, bad stuff or like unhealthy stuff um, better, I guess? Or like, is it is it right for people to sell people stuff uh, with the detrimental qualities and so on? Don't but, care. Uh, I mean, <laughs> just chips. But I mean, it brings on the question of stuff like tobacco and stuff like tobacco companies were sued for um, basically trying to advertise um, to minors and more people and stuff. And, like, um, what's, yeah, what's, what's the goal sometimes, here? The goal, sometimes, the... sometimes making money um, is, isn't is worth harming people or it shouldn't be worth harming people, but yeah. I mean, people have self-will, man. People, I mean, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but the body, but the body only basically um gets through so much like people deal with actual withdrawals from some certain things and like okay um, that's it's fine. a serious condition being addicted to something is sure, a serious you, condition you get addicted to anything so whatever i don't care the thing is if it tastes if it's tastier and you want to eat it more how's that hurting me i'm not addicted to potato chips you know what i'm saying if you're addicted to potato chips that's on you i'm sorry buddy <laughs> you need to you need to reevaluate your life, bro. <laughs> and how many potato chips you're taking in. You can't just say because something tastes so good, you know, we need to stop making it. Or something feels so good, we need to stop making it. Now, drugs are a whole different story. Are potato chips drugs? Or are they food? Now, based on your classification of that, you know, the goal is to make money. And if you make money, if your goal is to make money, then I don't know who really cares about your feelings about things. Um, if there's regulations of how addictive a substance is, then there needs to be some kind of meter that we can gauge that by. Just out of the same, we have a meter. The FDA, you got to cook chicken to 165. You got to cook beef to, you know, whatever temperature. Uh, it should be this. There should be some addictive spectrum to foods and things that we put out to the public. And if we can't find out what that spectrum is, then there's no need to complain about making a chip or a food more crunchy. And that's my take on it. So once we find a measurement uh, that I'm pretty sure we can, then uh, we'll figure it out. So to end each episode, we usually bring y'all our tangent section. And I'm going to go with Michael Jordan as sports greatest legend of all time. Recently, ESPN's documentary series called The Last Dance chronicled Michael Jordan's last NBA title and season with Chicago. It basically is on Michael Jordan and plenty of team-based situations outside of basketball. It premiered on April 19th and is set to continue on for four weeks after. So I'm going to tell of why I believe Michael Jordan is an amazing sports legend and probably greatest as far as legends go of all time or at least since media expanded during and after 1950. So plenty of people were considered for my list of greatest sports legends of all time and me being American swayed my opinion. My top five goes as Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali, Babe Ruth, Pele, and Tiger Woods. So it might be easy to argue any of my top five as number one, yet Michael Jordan's $1.3 billion Air Jordan brand set greater precedence. People were prompted with it's gotta be the shoes and soon after just wanted to be like Mike. Michael Jordan's signature Jumpman logo is basically basketball's most famous logo. Days of Jordan sneaker releases were like Black Friday sales with people lining up before stores even opened. Stories of Jordan-like competitiveness stack up with stories of bravado comparable to Babe Ruth and Muhammad Ali. Jordan's jersey was stolen once prior to an awesome 49-point effort. 38 points were scored in an oh-so-famous flu game as Jordan was practically carried off after Chicago beat Utah 90-88. Supposedly always up for any athletic competition, Mr. June kept playing to make sure to win and even swindled through winning some card game against one teammate's mom. Ball palming practically became as popular as dunking itself. After leaving basketball for almost two seasons, Mike returned with fortitude like Space Jam portrayed. Being cut from varsity basketball during 10th grade is probably still being told to every aspirational basketball player today, 40 years later. 
Jordan is all people got to say to recognize Michael Jordan. Just on solely sports, arguing some being better athletes or players is completely justifiable. As far as legendary qualities and remembrance goes, I guess Jordan is sports' greatest legend of all time.